Making the best possible milk is no easy feat. Dairy farmers are faced with production issues through disease, low reproductive success, and quality management issues. How can a farmer monitor milk quality, identify sick cows, manage production, and have complete control over all the milk that leaves the farm? It is a complicated and difficult task creating this perfect milk, a task that co-founder and CEO Bethany Dishpande has decided to tackle. This is Cassie Turkstra, and you are listening to Vivid Machines Variety. I am so excited to bring on very special guest, Bethany Dishpande. As co-founder and CEO of Soma Detect, it's great to have you on the show today. Thank you, Cassie. It's wonderful to be here. Awesome. So to start off today, can you briefly introduce Soma Detect for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. We're an artificial intelligence and deep learning company that's focused on milk. We look at milk and pull all kinds of information relating to quality, health of individual cows. And we do this by fitting an optical sensor system into existing dairy equipment. And so we go, we work with dairy farmers. We work with the setup that they have already. And then for a relatively low cost, you know, no consumable approach, we're able to monitor every drop of milk that goes through their system and provide them with really easy, actionable, impactful data for the things that they do on a day-to-day basis. That's so fascinating how much information you're able to provide at such low effort on their end as well. From my understanding, this was developed from an idea from your father and you and a team of, I think, around four people began working on it more. Can you explain the beginnings of this process and how your dad came up with the original idea? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, our Soma Detect has, I think, a fairly unique and a bit of a funny story about how it came to be. And I kind of say it was a series of accidents or unexpected results. (laughs) And that's something, yeah, in science, you find that all over, but it, and it's one of my favorite things. So the technology was developed by my dad. My dad is a light scattering expert and has this sort of fundamental hypothesis that there's a lot more information we could be getting from light than how we use it today. And his interest doesn't, you know, didn't lie in milk. It lay, he was working on other applications, but using milk to line up the sensor, which is largely composed of a laser and a camera system. And in milk is a really wonderful fluid because of its, you know, it's white. And so if you're shining a laser through, it's much easier to see that in, in white milk than, you know, in water or in another kind of easy to access. And, and of course, you know, and most of us have, milk around in some way, shape or form, like in the fridge. And so that's how my dad first realized he could detect differences in fat when he was using coffee cream versus 2% milk, and then eventually somatic cell counts. And that was a really big turning point for the tech at that stage. There's so many issues related to somatic cell counts link both to quality and health of cows. And so it's such an important metric for dairy farmers. And and my dad was able to get a patent. And I got involved uh, also somewhat by accident. My This patent had gone through for my dad just as I was finishing my own PhD in biology. And I, I started speaking with him about, well, why don't you sort of get it in the hands of farms? Or what happens if we just give a couple of the sensors away. And he's like, Oh, yeah, like, you can do that. Like, it kind of in this sense, the the thing only dads can do of like, 
you have free time now that you're done your PhD. Yeah. And so I'll hand this over to you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, I was really, I, I loved kind of entrepreneurial things. It's not like I had in mind that we would start a company this way or raise VC funds or, or do so many of the things that we've gone on to do, but it was just this attitude of like, I want to play around. I want to get my dad's tech into the hand of farmers. I didn't come from farming. And so I knew I had a ton to get to learn about. And then one of the things you said at the beginning about keeping it so that farms, they're already so busy doing so many other things. Mm -hmm. And a real challenge for, I think, every, you know, every tech company, whether in agriculture or not, is sort of how do I fit this into the existing workflow or how do I not make a lot of extra work for the impact that I'm trying to create? And I, I think that's kind of tenfold true in in agriculture and in dairy specifically. If you're running around, they already have so many things on the to-do list each and every day. And so to we knew we needed to put it out in a way such that there were no added chores. And it it made for a wonderful challenge. Vivid Machines kind of had the same problem to tackle on how to go about getting all this information on crop load management, but not adding work for the grower. So creating those cameras that mount onto a tractor so that they don't have to go out and do another task. Because like you said, it's already so laborious with the amount of stuff that they have to do every day of the week. It's fascinating the way you're able to integrate the technology into their already working systems so it's not added work for them. I was going to say, I think the technology underlying sort of Soma Detect and Vivid Machines is so similar. We're both, it's using cameras to get info that otherwise, you know, is is tough for a human to do with, you know, our, our two eyes. And so it's such an interesting thing what you can do when I think fitting it into the equipment that they have, fitting it into the workflow. Exactly. It's so interesting. You said the term, um, oh, what was it? Oh, somatic cell counts. Do you mind if I just ask you to briefly define that? No, happy to. So um, somatic cell counts, they're, they're also called SEC. Nicely, I might say that it's the short form in um, particularly in the dairy industry. And a somatic cell count is actually any bodily cell um, except for white blood cells. So, so most of us, you know, most of our body is made up of somatic cell counts. And we don't want those in our milk, what we, what, you know, milk is um, fat and proteins and other solids in water, right? As an emulsion in water. And we don't, we don't want body cells in there, but it, it sort of happens naturally. There's more somatic cells that are released when a cow is sick or stressed. So as a result of infection sometimes, and they're really used as a key indicator for uh, quality of milk. So farms are paid more money, more so in the States than in Canada, but they'll they'll receive a bonus for having low somatic cell counts. Interesting. And, yeah. And then all of our, a lot of our standards for milk. So, you know, in Canada, in order to ship milk, a farm needs to be able to show that they have a low enough somatic cell count for it to be mixed in. Because if you have high somatic cell counts, that's indicators that Maybe there's a disease within the herd or within an, in our case, we watch individual cows. So within an individual cow that needs to be addressed. Interesting. Oh, perfect. That is something I was wondering myself. And I know probably a few of our listeners were wondering what exactly that meant. So fascinating how that also impacts production and the milk that farmers can deliver into the milk that we see in the grocery store. 
taking a bit of a turn here from your experience, what have you found to be a main challenge as a founder in farming tech? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think particularly in what we're doing. So I spoke a little bit about how, you know, having to learn so much about the dairy industry and about farming. I didn't, you know, I had, I, I had maybe like been on a farm as a kid in like a farm tour, but I had never milked cows or pushed feed or had even a sense of the amount of work that goes into producing milk. There's so many people involved in this ecosystem around milk production and food that comes from cows and um, from dairy cows in particular. And wrapping my head around that, I remember at one point being on a farm and um, talking to a farmer and they're going, oh, well, my fresh cows are like this and like heifers this and uh, talking about their milking equipment and all these brand names I didn't know, companies I didn't know. And there's just so much vocabulary, which I think is true whenever you enter like a new space or a new industry, there's so much to learn. And that was, and I I think I, at the end of that sentence, I, I was like, um, would you be willing to go back and define a few <laughs> things for us? And it was like, why, why do you care about fat? And that was just the stage. I, but, and farms care enormously about fat because that's actually one of the primary, they're not paid for fluid milk. They're paid based on the amount of fat content in that milk. And so anyway, it was just like overcoming that. I, I had this sense, particularly at that point of like, oh my God, you know, when I had just finished a PhD, my PhD wasn't in dairy, but when you do a PhD, you get to dive so deeply into one topic. And I remember just standing on this farm being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to learn as much about this as I did during my PhD. And that is going to take me years to do, right? The, that task seemed so daunting at that point, but I knew it was like the, that was how deep I wanted to go in this. And I kind of felt like in order to do good science, you do actually need to know. And that was a big piece for me to overcome for the other founders in the company to overcome. I can 100% relate to that experience. And I'm sure that Jenny and Jonathan as well would also be able to say that they totally understand what that feels like. I never thought when I joined on here at Vivid Machines that I would know as much about the Apple industry or even artificial intelligence as I do now. My undergrad is not in these topics, but sometimes you just got to fully invest and it's so fascinating to be able to integrate yourself into a new industry. And I could imagine after a PhD, tackling that amount of research again was probably daunting, but it's paid off so much. So worth it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was exciting too. I mean, I love, I, I did a PhD partially because I love learning and because mm -hmm. I, you know, you want to know just what is all, what is the breadth and depth of all the things in a given topic. And so it was, it's, yeah, it is daunting. It's also exciting, but I, and I think that must be something that every, I think a startup and early employee probably has to learn along the way is, oh my goodness, like this topic and this tech goes so much further than I, than I might've thought it would. And speaking mm -hmm. of technology on this podcast, we've gone over some basics of artificial intelligence and kind of like we, what we just mentioned, you're also using artificial intelligence in your product. From your perspective, do you see strong promise in the use of AI in farming? 
Yeah, I absolutely do. And I think one of the things we've learned so much and, and, you know, are not the first ones to learn this, but part of the journey with Soma Detect has been going out, learning as much as we could about the industry so that the AI could be applied sort of specifically and to, um, you know, to a, to a unique use case. And I think that's so important. So AI, sometimes we talk about it like, oh, artificial intelligence, and we can go out and we can like learn things and do so many different things. And in practice, it's it's just never quite that simple, right? And sometimes you go out, you apply an AI approach and you learn things that you didn't expect. It, it's a fine balance. You need to be persistent, but not stubborn. I think there is so much i mean farming and agriculture is a huge sector there are so many things to impact there there's so many challenges that we encounter there's such a gap in the day in data even when there is data a gap in interpreting and understanding that data so that it's meaningful and impactful to the farm and i think that ai when applied specifically can be answer to that so there's there's tons to learn there's tons to explore and there is this huge need for it. And so I think it's a, a wonderful place to to use artificial intelligence. I totally agree. It's such a wonderful place to be learning and adapting and also growing as a company when using this kind of technology. And I really like what you said about also not being stubborn if a certain idea isn't working out. Because it's kind of like when you start writing a paper, if you're halfway through and you don't want to start over, but sometimes just picking a new topic is better and just starting the paper over is your best bet. I think with a lot of these technologies, being able to learn and adapt kind of as you work through challenges as they come up. So I loved the way you summarized yeah. that. And to our listeners, if you haven't already, be sure to check out our last podcast with Rod Farrow as well that discusses very similar topics surrounding the future of farming and how to approach these systems. It's clear that there are a variety of ways that farmers can lose money during the production of dairy, from disease that we talked about to quality management issues that we also addressed earlier. Can you talk a bit about how Soma Detect saves farmers time and money? And we talked about also how it's not a lot of added work for the farmers, but if you could kind of elaborate on the system itself and how that works into their already productive days, I think that would be really interesting for our listeners to hear that side of it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll say in terms of um, the way we've achieved no added work is by ensuring that basically there's no there's no buttons on our system. It's completely automated and then fits into existing milking equipment. There are a lot of ways in which it saves time and money. It depends on the it's so we kind of we provide a data source and then we help um, crunch the data or, or provide other algorithms or to basically lead to an actionable insight that the farm wants to take. And some farms, you know, every farm is different. We kind of treat every dairy like its own unique science experiment, right? And, and approach it as, okay, if we have this data, how do we most impact what they're doing? And sometimes that means, so some of our farms are using our algorithms to for selective dry cow therapy where they've been able to greatly reduce antibiotic usage on farm and that's kind of a direct savings of the money that would be spent on antibiotics and the labor required that's sort of used to administer those 
we help a lot with reproductive management. So on a dairy farm, all cows need to become pregnant and have a calf in order to produce milk. And that is, it's such a huge part of the work that's done on a farm is sort of managing reproduction, ensuring that the calves born are are healthy and, and all these different things. And all of these, so they, it all kind of drives you on a farm efficiency improvement. So if we can help reduce time and increase, um, you know, the action and also point people towards what is the biggest problem. And that goes such a long way to having positive impact and actually providing value to those folks. That's amazing how much data that you guys are able to provide. And off the heels of that, I guess I'd love to talk a bit more about this journey that you've had as a founder. So how have dairy farmers been engaging with the technology? In a recent talk, you mentioned getting letters of intent signed. So what was that process like? I'm assuming that there's a lot of excitement around this technology. Yeah. And that was so that this goes right back to the beginning of the company. We started in New Brunswick, so a relatively small province, both in terms of just, you know, compared to population in Canada and in terms of dairy production. But that smallness meant that everyone is so well connected and was so helpful for us. So we we started kind of in the process of learning about how dairies work. We had started talking to so as many farmers as we could and this in the beginning was us knocking on doors and asking like, can we, uh, can we meet your cows and, and like check out your milking equipment? And can you tell us about dairy farming with, with often those kind of initial questions. And then once we realized we kind of were experimenting in that period with the technology. So what does this sensor do? What happens when we apply artificial intelligence, deep learning, computer vision practices to the sensor images? and uh, learning so much about farming and realizing the opportunity. And we wanted to raise the money. We wanted, you know, it was small amounts of money at first, but we wanted to get funds to do sort of further work on it and um, get more sensors on farm and all these kinds of things. And also the tech when we started was a bench top system. So it didn't fit into, it was, it couldn't integrate with milking equipment. And we knew that was a step we needed to do if it was gonna be like maximally useful to farmers. And so, it was when we started raising money that we ran into a challenge that I think a lot of founders do, which is that this, you know, there's a pretty big gap, I, I think, in agriculture at this time. So go back, you know, six or seven years, and there were not a lot of VCs specific to agriculture at that point. And so many of the ones that we spoke with, they just had no, they had never been on a dairy farm. They didn't know any dairy farmers. They, they weren't familiar with the concept or the industry. And so like one of the questions we used to get a lot was like, who would buy this? Like it, and, and the sense that like dairy farming is a really small market um, or that farmers don't want to look at data and all these, you know, there were just these like stereotypes that people had in their mind. It was the vision that they knew and we wanted to change that. <clears throat> and so we started with letters of intent to purchase. And this was where we would go on a farm and say, we kind of explain the product, explain the idea, explain the vision for where we were going and saying, do you want to stay in touch? Do you want to be involved and, and help us? Like, do, would you buy this and how much would you pay for it? And we got a ton of just like business data. And also I would say for the team, we all gained confidence in terms of what we were building and, and that it would be that there was market for it, that people would actually pay us to do this. And that was hugely helpful for 
raising funds. That's so great. And I love the idea of those letters of intent because for that very reason that you said, they debunk stereotypes about what people think that farmers are looking for. And it also does prove to the team that your idea is something that people are so interested in and want to engage with. So it must have been great to get those signed and know that moving forward, you kind of have that knowledge of people are interested. So thank you for that. And here at Vivid Machines, we're currently implementing a program to help female students in STEM succeed in their careers. You stand as such a great example of a female founder who took the lead on commercializing and developing a product, going through these conversations with BCs, the technology side of things. So do you have any advice to women who are entering tech or starting their own business? Yeah, absolutely. I I love this topic and it's something I sort of lived it firsthand. People asked me about this and I didn't always know what to say, but I I think that today, I mean, this is such a topic is how do we get diversity in, you know, around our board tables or, um, you know, through an entrepreneurial community, whether as, you know, women in STEM or, I mean, there's, and every other form of, of diversity out there. And I think it's such an important one that we keep asking ourselves. I certainly have found myself over the years, I mean, there are not a lot of women founders in ag tech, but the ones that are out there, I think, are so incredible at reaching out and actually sort of forming this community of, you know, female founders working together, supporting each other. Like it's not, it's not a competitive space. It is such a collaborative and supportive space. And over the years I found myself as part of peer groups or sometimes even just friends or like willing to be a sounding board for anyone, you know, going through this and having so many folks I can call up and say, oh my gosh, like, how do I deal with this? Or you've done this, like, like, how did you manage this part? Because I'm out of ideas myself and I need help. And I think being able to do that and being able to find the people that help you, you know, that will build you up, that will see your potential, even on the days when you're not quite seeing it, that will help you listen to the part of yourself that leads you to joy, that leads you to growth, that leads you to, all these different things. It's such an important part. And I think the more we can do that to women in the, in in agriculture, to women in STEM, the better that it is, the more that we can build up the women that work for our companies and be there to support their journey. Even when that journey is sometimes a little rocky, I think goes such a long way. And I think that's actually, you know, it's those micro changes that will have the big impact that we're looking for. I think that there's so many people working towards this and, and supporting this. And, you know, it's it's an exciting place to be. And it's wonderful to see both to be a woman in STEM and in agriculture, but also to see the other folks there. I can't even say how many times major leaders in this space have given me their cell numbers and said, just call me if you ever need anything and how wonderful it is to be on the receiving end of that. And so it's a There's work to do, no doubt, but it is also a really, really wonderful place to get to to be. Mm -hmm, Because it's so possible to create these cohorts that are non-competitive. And there's so many people now that are interested in helping grow diversity in so many different senses. There's people out there that want to support the change and 
be that person that gives advice to others. And I think you are very much that person as well. So thank you for all you're doing on your end. To end us off today, do you have any interesting facts either about dairy farming, agriculture in general, or artificial intelligence that you think our listeners would find interesting? Ooh, um, so I'd love to share some facts about dairy farming and dairy in our world that I think we don't always think about, but dairy is 10% of the world's protein and it is also our most sustainable source of protein. And so it's an incredibly important food source. And we know, I mean, the population of the world is, is scheduled to be about 9 billion people by 2050 and feeding those folks with the you know, nutritious protein and, and food that they need is such an important thing. And I think there's no doubt that dairy farming is going to be a really important part of that. And we live at such an, inter- like a, a, a wonderful time where we're using artificial intelligence and all kinds of tech to further increase the sustainability and, you know, efficiency of dairy production that I think is beneficial to all of us. I totally agree. That's so fascinating. And as this is probably a little ironic that I'm lactose intolerant and I'm (laughs) having a podcast about milk, but even myself, I can attest to the fact that there's milk in almost everything. It's everywhere and it's such a big part of our lives and where we do get protein. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was such a pleasure to have you and hear not only about Soma Detect and what you're developing, but your journey as a founder. We covered such a great range of topics, and I can't wait to hopefully talk again in the future. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Cassie. It was wonderful to speak today. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. This is Cassie Turkstra, and thank you for listening to another episode of Vivid Machines Variety.